ideal. But when you're just a cover band and not a real rock star, sometimes you can't afford to have a babysitter just to have watch your child while you record your silly podcast. But she's a good girl. She's a good girl. She's not going to say anything. She's really into listening, which is good. So, <laughs> episode three here, we're going to be talking with Brad Niekamp, who is... Well, he, he's going to tell us about his new position with the Coldwater Community Picnic out in Coldwater, Ohio. Uh, the pre Last year, he served as, I'm going to call him the music director. I somehow doubt that's his official title. Oh, there she is. <laughs> I, I doubt that's his official title, but uh, for whatever his title is, he hired us to play there last year. Really nice guy. Um, It'll be fun to talk to him about this year's upcoming event, and we're going to be talking about Bush's 16 Stone a little bit. Uh, not not a whole lot of uh, recap, I guess, to go over. N- normally, when we have live guests, we'll have a little bit more to talk about with them, but I'm just going to kind of move quickly to our phone call with Brad here. But I do want to talk a little bit about the last episode uh, where we talked about, where I talked with Sam, our, our drummer from the Wet Bandits, where we talked about... Um, where we talked about the color and the shape, Foo Fighters' second album. Uh, I don't know why I, I feel this level of guilt about my... my de- I, I think what I feel guilty about is how harsh maybe I made my feelings about that album sound. It, it is... Everything I said was true regarding my my... The frequency with which I listened to it, which is to say, like, very little. Um... It for me, it is just kind of a so-so effort from the Foo Fighters, but that's considering that I think my standards for my '90s rock albums is is pretty high. There are a lot of songs on the Color and the Shape that are really entertaining, really fun to listen to, and fun to rock out to, or whatever floats your boat there. But I don't think I, I think it's still true that that album is not groundbreaking. Let's put it that way. And maybe that shouldn't be the standard for for how we revisit these. Because if we're reviewing hundreds of albums or revisiting hundreds of albums, obviously they can't all be groundbreaking. So uh, I guess my, my point is maybe I'm feeling a little guilt and, and letting the listener sort of be my therapist as I talk out my, my true feelings for the color and the shape. Uh, I think I rated it something like three stars, which I think that's pretty accurate. Um, it's kind of, like I said, sort of middle of the road as far as the albums that I grew up listening to. You know, if if out of a hundred, out of a hundred albums that I own, it it you know is maybe top fifty. Uh, as I guess that's the same thing as saying three out of five stars. But I guess my my point is that. It's, it's a good album. It's not great. And if it's not great, I'm going to be more, probably more apt to criticize the album rather than praise it as we revisit these things. But again, with that being said, if someone forced me to listen to it, I'm going to enjoy it. So it's an, it's an enjoyable 3 out of 5 or 50th percentile in my albums or, or whatever. So, without further ado, let's bring on Brad Niekamp from the Coldwater Community Picnic. Hey, Brad, how's it going? Fantastic. Good, good. I I have to warn you right up front. It was it was 
the baby's nap time not timed well today. So she's sitting here like staring at the phone. So <laughs> so hopefully she remains calm for the next, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes. She knew it was going to be a good day. She wanted to be around for it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it might be a bit too much to hope for. but So there might be some baby noises happening. But I've loaded up her little high chair with toys. And <laughs> so hopefully, And she likes listening to phones too. So maybe we'll just keep her attention. Perfect. Cool. So let's, if you don't mind, let's just go right into it. So if you want to say anything about the Coldwater Community Picnic, I have not said anything about it yet. Just for background, you hired us, I don't know what your official title was, but you hired us to play uh, at last year's event. And it was super fun, really quickly, though there's hardly any stories that I tell quickly, but I'll try. Um, I had, I had a, I work at a specialty running store during the day. I had a family come in and this is Columbus, like a suburb of Columbus. So pretty far from cold water. I had a family come in and they got some shoes and stuff. And as they were leaving, they said they were from cold water. And I told them that, you know, we were playing the community picnic and they just told us it was going to be the greatest time of our life. And, and they, they, and they said it was so crazy the previous year, like, the band got finished, and then they, I don't know, they jumped in some lake or something. I don't know, what, it, but it, they made it sound insane. Um, so, and, and while we didn't end up in a lake or anything, it didn't disappoint. It was definitely a good time. So, so yeah, whatever you, know, you want to say about it, have at it. Okay, are you ready to go now with it? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, you know, we, we had you guys come down. We had... Um, Last year, my role with the picnic was the president's role, and it was my third year with the picnic, so this year I'm in the past president's role, which is, it's nice because I have far fewer responsibilities. I don't have to, uh, I don't have to work near as hard, and I just get to kind of enjoy it and be a, um, like a guide there for people. Right. Um, But the fun part about last year in, in that president's role is I got to look at what bands I wanted to bring in and what kind of music I wanted to, to bring to the picnic. And, you know, I graduated in 1999. You and me both. It was the best year ever to be a, a high school senior because you had all of that great 90s music that you, you got to rock out with your entire high school career, you know? Yep, yep. So picnic's coming along and I'm president and, and I get to decide who's coming there and the only thing that's going through my head is, is I've seen 80s cover bands and I've seen new age stuff. When am I going to find somebody who's who's just going to play those 90s songs that like I rock to, that, that I want to hear and I love? Uh, and you know, it was just kind of, I think, destined to have you guys there because we would just be sitting around and, and start looking at, at Google and, and seeing who's, who's around that that list themselves as a 90s cover band and it's so hard to book bands when I'm from a, a little town Coldwater, Ohio right? and you know I've been to Columbus and Cincinnati and Toledo and, and lived all around Ohio but you know I haven't seen you guys live I don't know who's good who's not good and and uh, so just getting a sample of, of what you guys were playing and you know talking back and forth with you guys and trying to figure out Saying, okay, they play crew halftime shows and stuff like that. Like, they can't be bad. Because if they're booked <laughs> several times for that, they got to be at least 
kind of decent, right? So you, know, you you talk yourself into like this could be it. this could be the one. This is this is gonna happen. This is gonna be great. And then you guys sent over that compilation mix where it had all of your your songs that you did. And I kid you not, my wife and I sat and listened to just the compilation probably at least eight times in a row, <laughs> and, and just just loved it. Like I mean, it we're. We have music ADD when it comes to our family, so we'll listen yeah. to a song for about 37 seconds and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> the compilation was, was kind of like my my whole high school career's greatest hits wrapped up into one eight-minute <laughs> segment, and boom, it was the greatest thing ever. So <laughs> it was absolutely awesome. Like, we, we just kind of got to, to love grooving to that. But, you know, when, uh, when we brought you guys in last year I was so stinking excited I told everybody you know this is the one band that I'm going to take a break and I'm going to listen to when they're they're playing uh, and in that role as president uh, I neglected to to think about I don't get any breaks <laughs> <laughs> so I got to hear little bits and pieces of the songs again but you know I, I know you guys you guys came out and played McSovers here in Coldwater afterwards didn't you? That's right yeah so you got a little taste of, of cold water outside of the, the picnic. Yeah. I, I could have gone there, but I was, uh, you know, home with, with my two boys and, and couldn't get out. So uh, I wanted to kind of come and, and actually get to watch your guys' show. So hopefully you'll be back there again. But, you know, cold is a fantastic town, and I'm glad the picnic didn't disappoint for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is, it's one of those events where people kind of look at it's a small town. How much fun can it be how how you know rocking can the show really get uh and until you're in the middle of it and see what's going on uh you just you have no idea how big and, and how much fun Coldwater community picnic is so yeah uh, it is it is an event that is unlike any other around here it's the biggest party of the summer um and it's it's got a good and a bad part. The good part is is everybody loves it. It's phenomenal. The whole town takes off and, and hangs out together and just parties. The bad part for the kids usually is school's right around the corner when it's done. So right, right. It's a little little bittersweet for them. But um, so this year I don't get to pick bands, uh, but we we've got a lot of awesome acts that are coming back through, and um, you know we kind of like to rotate bands in and out. But uh, we've got. Arch Allies coming on, on Sunday to close things out. They're a big Journey cover band, and um, they play some REO and Sticks and some Def Leppard and Bon Jovi and all sorts of uh, good 80s music that uh, everybody likes to rock out to. So yeah, our, our Sunday night's going to finish off them. And then do you remember when you played the band Another Round? Played? Um, Were they... I, I don't remember. Were they the band after us? Were they like the final band of that day? They weren't the, the final, and I'm thinking that they were the same day as you, but they might have been another day. They're they're out of Wapakoneta, Ohio. Oh, no, uh, this was a different band. The band that was after us was from like Chicago or something. Yeah, Wedding Band. Played That's right, Wedding Band, Wedding Band. Did you guys get to stay and, and hang out and see them? Yeah, we, yeah, we did. We did. And we got. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that we were there early for British Invasion too, who are also awesome. They yeah. are great too. Yeah, we we kind of 
on the day that you guys were there, my plan was to rock through the, the center in the decades, I guess. Oh, of, yeah. Of, so, uh, I think we hit everybody's era at some point. Yeah. Uh, and, and kind of wrapped it all into one awesome day. So, you know, the weather was beautiful when you guys were there. It was, it was the perfect picnic day. Yeah. Uh, it was the perfect way to end things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I'm sure you've seen there's a few beers that get drank there. Uh, we've got bands going pretty much all day on, on Saturday and Sunday. It's always the first weekend of August, so, you know, anybody that's got nothing to do that first full weekend of August, check out little old Coldwater, Ohio, and, and come on down and party with us, because we will show you Columbus, folks, how it's done, that's for sure. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it, if, if at least for one weekend, you know. Absolutely. We, we may not be the distance runners. We'll, we'll sprint for one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was great. It was great. So did you hire, you hired all the bands then last year, right? Yep, all okay. the bands that were there were hired through me, and we actually, we start booking bands pretty much as soon as the, the previous year's picnics had a close. So. Right, and you have to if you want to get good bands, you know, because they yeah. all book up quick. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys probably start booking out, you know, at least a half year to a year in advance just because yeah. you have to for, for knowing where you're going to be and setting up everything. So right. if we want to talk to somebody that's never been to the area into coming, you know, into a small, you know, little venue like what we have going on and, and really getting good acts in there, we've got to talk to them good and early and, and really just, started as soon as we can yeah so no will you end up ever just by the way you described it will you end up rotating back into the president's role eventually or is it a one and done thing what what happens there yeah i i won't rotate back into president but usually what happens is uh either join as a trustee which is a two-year role yeah or you will join as uh the vice president and then you move from vice president to past president okay so it's usually either a two or a three-year role but i did one year of trustee and then moved in to vice president so this coming year will be my fourth year and after that year's done then i will cycle out I'll always help with the picnic yeah uh, but won't be on the board so it's kind of set up that way so that we always get fresh and new ideas in there right uh, get, get new blood in and, and try new things so um you know if if I hadn't cycled in this new blood. I don't know that anybody would have brought in a 90s cover band. You know? so <laughs> right, right. It brings fun new stuff to the table, and it gives us an opportunity to try all new things. And, and that's why every single year when the picnic comes around, it's exciting around here because it's, it's never the same picnic. Right, right. Yeah, that's, really, that's uh, something I'm not as familiar with, you know, uh, taking that kind of a role in the community especially you know we're the same age um and i'm definitely not doing anything like that and you know where i live in gahanna um so it's cool that you can help out with such a big city event like that so um well, you could start up your own community picnic in gahanna that's i guess i could yeah you've got all the experience you need <laughs> yep yeah right and a whole lot of time on my hands as you can hear from the background right um, right yeah. <laughs> Um, they're always happy to help no matter how young they are. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, 
why don't we talk about why don't we talk about sixteen stone if you still have the time to do so? Um, Absolutely. Cool. Um, th- this was your pick. Um, the first couple the first couple episodes we've already done. They were both they were both my pick, and they're both um, and I have sixteen stone. But the first two choices were mine, just like blindly picking from my collection of CDs. But this was your pick, um, and I am like fully on board with this one. As I've said in previous episodes, like some of the albums in my collection might get embarrassing, but <laughs> but full uh, just to you know get get this out of the way right away. Of the two we've done so, f- or the three we will have done now, uh, this is the best one I think. So so I'm excited to talk about this one. It's hard to beat Bush Sixteen Stone. It was right. It was either this or Crash Test Dummies. God shuffled his feet, so I went with Bush Sixteen Stone. You know that's that's cool. I need. I don't have that Crash Test Dummies album, but I know I want it. So I'll I'll go. F- Normally I let the guest go first, and and we will when we get to the songs uh, that I want to talk about. But I'll just tell you, my, I don't have a real recollection. I kind of got into the more modern music of the time a little late. So I can't, I don't remember this album coming out. I don't remember everything's end coming. I didn't really watch MTV very much. So I don't remember that. What I, what I remember was I went to see, they were the second live show I ever went to see. And I saw them at like Battelle Hall and a a smallish, not small, but small compared to like a nationwide or something. Um, A small indoor venue it was Bush headlining, and Goo Goo Dolls opened, and No Doubt opened, and no one knew No Doubt at the time. You know, I I know I just said that I'd never watched music videos, but for some reason I'd seen the Just a Girl video, so I like knew who they were. But like nobody cared about No Doubt, and the Goo Goo Dolls just had the name was their most famous song, and you know Iris hadn't been done yet, and all the hits that came after that hadn't been done yet, so it was like. One, it was it was cool. We knew that the the lineup was was good, I guess, but we never knew that looking back, what a killer lineup it was, and sort of like their fame kind of reversed. I, I think if you ask the average person if they've you know now, uh, you know people who might be in high school now, like which of these three bands have you heard of? I bet Bush is the least likely to be recognized. You know, I think No Doubt's pretty darn famous and Goo Goo Dolls are obviously still famous too. And Bush has kind of like trailed off. So, um, so that was pretty, that was pretty cool. That's the only time I've ever seen them though. So I've uh, never, I've never gotten to see them live. Yeah. But I bet that was an amazing show. And, and, you know, you you may have been there at the beginning of, of the Gavin Gwen romance too. You have no oh, idea. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. I I do remember that they. I don't know why I know this. Maybe uh, you know we watching late night television or something. That's where we got our like n- romance news, I guess. And and I think if I remember correctly, they did start dating like sometime after that tour. So I think you're actually right about that. That was. You know, Gwen, Gwen Stefani made me like Gavin Rosdale a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of uh, boys our age. In that. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you? Do you do you recall, like, do you were you waiting for that album to come out? Were you familiar with the Everything Zen as the, like, opening single before the album came out? Or did you just pick it yeah. up? The, 
really, really hearing is Machine Head from yeah. from that album. Yeah, it, it, the album came out when we were in the eighth grade, and I don't remember really listening to Bush and getting into them until maybe you know the the summer before freshman year or right at the beginning of of our freshman year. Everything then, you know, I'm sure it was on the radio, but it was probably one of those songs that was good but didn't catch me until, you know, Machine Head came on and, and you know, everybody knows Machine Head. That, that guitar lick hits and, and everybody's just ready to rock. Right. Uh, so that's the first one that I remember really, you know, grabbing my attention. And then it seemed like as soon as I heard that, everybody I knew walking up and down, you know, the halls of school had that, you know, orange, kind of brownish orange <laughs> that they were carrying around. Yeah, <laughs> with the binary code on it. Yeah, and nobody knew what in the world that was on the front, but, you know. <laughs> I had that t-shirt. I had that t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and you just started seeing Bush everywhere, and everybody was talking about it, everybody was playing it, and then uh, then it was one of those, I gotta go out and get this. And, right, right. And it's, Right. And it, it is aged so well. And and I, I don't even necessarily mean like the songwriting, but, uh, even though I think it's good. Um, but the production, like it's still just like rocks so hard. Um, right. And I saw, I saw um, or uh, heard an interview with Gavin Rossdale where he said for the 20th anniversary of the album, they were going to do a re-release and a remix. And he just kind of said... There's nothing to remix. Like it sounds so good. Like what would I mess with? And he's right. Like I'm not. I'm not about to say it's perfect, but but I mean it. To put it a different way, we have a really hard time covering their songs because it's hard to reproduce live the kind of stuff they did in the studio, just because they made it sound so big. And every time we try to we try to do something that from 16 stone it, it seems to just lose a little bit of girth i guess yeah definitely well, did on those songs i mean when it when it rocked hard you know with you know, machine head and little things like little things that the entrance to that song just kind of rings through and, and hits so heavy but then you know you look at glycerin and yep. when when that song comes on it, it even like though it's that mellow song it kind of echoes through you and, and there's just something about it that if it's not off that cd it's just not the same feel yeah know? yeah very true very true um and you mentioned machine head too um how and, and i said earlier that i think bush might be the least famous of the goo goo dolls bush and no doubt but Machine Head is the most famous song that I would say any of them have. I think a lot of people might not know that it's Machine Head, and a lot of people might not know that it's Bush who plays that song. But that's one of those rare songs that became really popular at sporting events. You know, you'll yeah. be you'll be at an arena, and it'll be a timeout at the basketball game or whatever, and Machine Head will come on. People know the song, whether they know who does it or whether they know the name of it. Um, that, that song is probably you know, paying all Gavin Rossdale's bills, you know, just, oh, just the one song. Every person that hears that in the stadium goes walking through the stadium, just singing the lyrics in their head or even a little bit out, uh-huh. outside of it, without even knowing that somehow I 
right, right. And I'm going to ask you, it, and I don't think either of us are experts in this area, but there are a couple bands that I feel like they rock really hard, but somehow they still speak to women. And I, and I put Bush in this category. Have you? Do you notice the same thing? Like, I feel like if I pop an Alice in Chains CD in my car, the you know, my wife is... And my wife has literally said, what is this? Like, in a way that's like, you know, stop playing this. I hate it. But but Bush, for some reason, has crossover appeal to the ladies. Have you noticed that, or am I up a creek here? You know, I I, I noticed it, and it might be the British part of it. You that's know, true. British fans have a way of, of uh, wooing the, the fairer sex. <laughs> that's, very tr- that's true. I hadn't thought about that. But I needed that perspective. <laughs> so, so the little the little bit we always do with well, always like this is episode three. I act like this is something that's been going on forever. <laughs> but what we have been doing is picking three songs to talk about: one that's our favorite, one that's our least favorite, and one that's a hidden gem. And I know I already prepped you with this, but just for the people who haven't heard before, uh, the hidden gem that you pick has to be a song that wasn't released as a single. So we're not allowed to choose from Everything Zen. Little Things. Come Down. Machine Head or Glycerin. So that kind of narrows our options. There's only like 12 songs here. Um, this is the, I will let you go first because if we pick the same song, I don't want to steal your thunder. We're going to pause for just a second to talk about Mercury Mile. Now you might be asking yourself, well, gee, what's Mercury Mile? And I'm saying to myself, well, I'm glad you're asking because they're paying me to tell you. Mercury Mile is an online running apparel company. Now, the way this works is you log on to MercuryMile.com and you fill out a runner profile takes about 10 or 15 minutes. It's pretty fun. Just simple questions about your running preferences. And once you fill out the profile, you select a shipment date. This is really important because this is not a subscription service. You'll only receive the boxes you request. It's not like you sign up and then once a month or quarterly or what have you, you get a box that you didn't really ask for. You only get what you ask for. So you select a shipment date and that information goes to your personal stylist. Now that stylist uses the answers to your questions in the runner profile and they put together a personally curated box of the most stylish, newest, latest, greatest running apparel that's out there. It's fantastic. It shows up right at your door. You try it on in the comfort of your own home. You send back what you don't like. You keep what you love. And that's that. It's as simple as could be. You only pay for what you keep as it should be. 
you're going to love all of it. It's fantastic stuff, like I said. It's a really simple service. These people really know what they're doing. They have, like I said, they have the best, latest, greatest running apparel out there. Give them a try. If you use the promo code GETWET, that's G-E-T-W-E-T, you'll get $10 off your stylist fee. Again, that promo code is G-E-T-W-E-T, and you use that promo code at checkout for mercurymile.com, M-E-R-C-U-R-Y-M-I-L-E.com. So what what would you think is your favorite song on here? Am, am I allowed to have a tie for my hidden gem? Or you know, the, the, the guest is always allowed to have a tie. So, <laughs> so yeah, go for it. So you want my hidden gem first? Oh, oh, um, Our let's... Favorite. I, I have a favorite. I have a tie for my hidden gem. So if you want my favorite, the favorite song of mine is Little Things. Okay. On that album. Okay. I have, I have an emotional connection to little things. So. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's not. I'll. I'll. Tell. We'll do the, each of our favorites first, and then we'll move move down the line. Um, go figure. I think little things is my favorite too, though I struggled a lot deciding between everything Zen and little things. Um, but uh, everything Zen for me is just the very end is my favorite part of the whole album. But I think Little Things is my favorite song overall. So so I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, Little Things was, um, it's the first song that I ever learned how to play on bass guitar when I was a freshman. Nice! I didn't know you played. Yeah. You and still play? I don't play anymore. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but it was that song that, you know, I, I joined a band and, and we had a high school talent show coming up and and uh, every part of the band was already put together and they needed a bass player and uh, a guy who became one of my best friends gave me a, a call one day and he heard that I was playing bass with a couple other buddies and, and he just asked me, you know, at, at like 15 years old, do you see the band you're with going anywhere? Um, well, at 15 years old, I, I don't really <laughs> see a whole lot of anything. <laughs> right, right. Right. Uh, you know, we're playing this talent show. We need a bass player, and uh, pretty much you're the only one we can find. <laughs> <laughs> How flattering! So, yeah, so you know, and uh, so I went over there, and, and he said we're playing Little Things by Bush, and and you know immediately knowing you know it was a Bush song was this is going to be probably one of the best experiences of my life, and I hope to God I don't just butcher this thing. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we put it together, we played it, and went and did the, the talent show, and ever since then, it's been probably the only song that I remember how to play, out of <laughs> any learned on bass guitar. And, really? You know, I've had buddies in bands and stuff that, when they get to that song in their set list, they'll hand me the bass guitar and go take a break and just let me play it. Nice. Uh, so it's, it's followed me my entire life. <laughs> I'm the little things guy, which isn't always the most flattering thing to be <laughs> no, I guess not. I guess not. But at least you get to play the song. That's cool, man. Um, yeah. Best intro on the album, even though it's just like four hi hat hits, but, uh, but it, it gets you going. Ever. <laughs> yes, yeah, it gets you going right off the bat. Um, can you pick a least favorite? See, this one, I, I struggled with the least favorite because 
there's really there's not a ton that I think that are awful on there. But, sure. You know, I skip over usually swim bomb or body. I skip over those songs quite a bit when I'm listening yeah. to the album. So least favorite maybe one of those, but yeah, you know. If I was locked in a room and had to listen to it, I, w- I wouldn't cry about it. Right. And and I'm I'm finding, you know, that we kind of have similar tastes here because I I think kind of the same thing. And I actually think I think it's almost cheating to pick ex-girlfriend, you know, like I, I could do without that song, but it's hardly a song. You know, that doesn't I'm, I'm not going to. I don't know. That seems like cheating, like I said. I think Swim is, I think Swim of those three is my least favorite just because it's kind of, I don't know, they're all, all three are fine. All three are good, you know, so I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't complain about any of them. What I think is really interesting about that is if, is that those are the three songs that aren't singles that are, I'm, I'm not saying this very well, but like if you cut through the first seven songs, those are the three that aren't singles out of those. And I'm just curious why Bush put them where they did, because I think Monkey and Testosterone and Alien are all better than those. Why did they put them in the order they put them in, I wonder? Yeah, I don't don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it works. And and frankly, the the way I, I think Body is the best of the three, and I think Bomb is the second best. So somehow they went like... Everything's in, and then everything that wasn't a single, they wanted to get the bad ones out of the way first. Is what I, yeah. That's the only thing I can figure. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you when you look at the success. And I guess as an artist, you know, if you ask Gavin Rossdale, he probably has, you know, one of those three songs means something to him. And, sure. And that's why it was up there. But, yeah, they, and, and it's easy to skip through them, mm-hmm. you know, to get, to, to number four and, and you know listen to little things hit it right yep okay so you said you had a tie for your hidden gem right I, I do which you know we're kind of the, the ones that are left we're down to, to testosterone alien and, and monkey there but for me it's, it's a tie between testosterone and alien with alien edging it out Okay. Okay. Well, we're 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 a little different on this one. What what is it about Alien that you like so much? I don't I don't even know what it is about Alien that I I like so much. It's just it's almost like parts of it are almost like haunting. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just very melodic and and it just kind of grabs me whenever I listen to it. Yeah. For sure. and it of all three of those are good. You know, like we like we've already said, but. Yeah, I think mine is is monkey. It would be if I was gonna pick a tie. Testosterone would be the other one. I, I struggled with those two a lot, but for I just really love the the we don't mind part. Um, and I don't know what it is about that. It just like. Uh, there's something about the vocal harmony he chooses to go with there, and then he says, we don't mind, and then just leaves it up to the guitars to rock you, 
you know, rock your socks off or whatever. Yeah. So, but testosterone is really good too. Testosterone to me is like, it, it rocks and it's somehow like kind of funny. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's it's what like they were going mind, for. Like your mindless rock song. You don't have to yeah. think hard for testosterone at all. Right. Right. Yep. And, and I should also add with monkey and Nigel Pulsford is like, he's, He's not like a shredding guitar player, but he's so underrated. He makes some noises that I don't know how he's doing what he's doing. But like the the intro to Monkey with that, I don't even know how to describe the sound it is. In post-production, I'm going to add it in right here. I can't describe what that sounds like. I can't describe what that is. Um, but it's cool, whatever it is. And he he arranged all the string parts for the album, too. Like, I think he's kind of the musical mastermind of the group. And yeah. and as far as I know, he doesn't have anything to do with them anymore. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, when, you, when you listen to, to that intro, I kind of, like, sit back and, and you try to imagine what in the heck he's doing on stage. Yeah, yeah do that and i just i can't picture it i have no idea <laughs> same same because it, it's kind of like it doesn't have a rhythm either i mean the drums are playing so like it obviously has to follow some sort of structure but it's really hard to tell exactly what's going on there so i mean it's just a sign of musical genius you know it must be that must be what it is you know and we keep saying we're kind of uh talking about how great this is but it was kind of critically panned. Like, people did not like it originally. And I, I said it aged well. I In doing a little research for the episode, it does seem like it's on a lot of retrospective greatest hits lists. You know, like Rolling Stone has it in a top 10 albums of 1994. But most, most critics I, I did not like it when it came out. They thought it was... The, <laughs> I'll back up a little bit. We did uh, Foo Fighters, The Color and the Shape, the last episode, and I was just going off saying how I felt the album was like, even though I like it, it's kind of derivative. That's what I kept saying. And that's what all the critics said about this. It's like, oh, they're just Nirvana ripoffs and whatever. I even heard at one, I even heard Dave Grohl say, not that Bush was a Nirvana ripoff, but he said, you know, if there's a band out there that sounds like Nirvana, it's Bush. And I, you know, I guess... Because they rock, but I don't really see it. Like, right. you know, it, I, I don't buy it. And it seems if like... You, re- go ahead. If you sit down and make yourself try to find a connection between Bush and Nirvana, you can you can kind of find it. I think more so than anything, you kind of find it in, in lyrics that, that, you know, are, are nonsensical at times. <laughs> yeah. And, and with the sign of that grunge rock time. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a close tie between Kurt Cobain and Gavin Rosdale's style mm, at all. Not at all! Gavin Rosdale wanted to be a sex symbol, and Kurt Cobain wanted to be completely out of the spotlight, you know? Right. So, yeah, they're... they're I'm with you, uh, obviously. To, totally... Di- uh, not totally different, but, but different enough that I don't think you can just lump them together as, you know, Nirvana was the... Uh, the innovator and Bush was the Nirvana ripoff. I don't think that's the case at all. Right. Um, 
But you you made a perfect segue for me talking about nonsensical lyrics. So we we emailed back and forth before this, and your idea was better than mine. Um, to, Gavin Rossdale is kind of known for having lyrics that make no sense, for lack of a better way to put it. So we thought it would be kind of fun to look through and see what we what we could find between the two of us is what we thought was the strangest lyric from this. So, uh, I, without any more explanation, what what did you come up with for that? So I pulled I pulled my lyric out of one of your top two out of everything then. Yeah. And I went with Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow. Days on sale again. We kissy kiss in the rear view. We're so bored here to blame. Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow. Days on sale again. I'm so glad you picked that one because I almost picked it (laughs) Um, and I wanted to pick it so badly and then I ruined this whole exercise now you're (laughs) I'm gonna play that too for the listeners post-production oh my gosh that that's the first one I came it's like the second line of the whole album and The reason I ruined our exercise is because I made the mistake of looking up what some of these lyrics mean. And I'll I'll tell you why I did that, because I read through all the lyrics and I was like, man, none of these make sense. They're all completely out of nowhere. Like, the only thing I can figure is that somehow they make sense to him. So I didn't, you know, it, it was hard for me to choose just one, I guess. So... I happened to look up where that lyric comes from, and apparently it's a reference to David Bowie. There's a, I forget which song it is, but there's a David Bowie song that literally is the exact same line. Mickey Mouse uh, has grown up a cow, and instead of Dave's on sale again, he says Lennon's on, like John Lennon's on sale again. So the Dave, yeah, and the Dave is a reference to David Bowie. So now, I think the kissy kiss in the rear view part, I think, and this is the Gavin Rossdale trademark, and I've heard him admit to this, I think that has nothing to do with the previous line. He, <laughs> I heard him say once that he thinks it's a waste to have a song be about only one topic. You have this whole song, why don't you just write it about as, you know, a whole bunch of things? Which, you know, I think the, the poet can argue, well... You know, it's kind of easy to just write a set of lyrics and just say, oh, it's about a lot of things, you know. But right. that was his explanation anyway. So my, That's I think that... he's the millionaire and I'm not. Exactly. exactly. Um, and then for, for mine, I don't know if it's strange, but it's, it's my favorite. And I'm, I'm not even going to go through the whole stanza. I'm just going to say this is from Testosterone. And my favorite line is... Hot dog, 7.30 every morning. Hot dog, 7.30 every morning. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Like, you've got this hard rock song, and he's singing about men being men, and one of the lines he chooses to put in there is, hot dog, 7.30 every morning. <laughs> That's pretty strange. <laughs> yes, yes. That one's full of double entendres. 
Well, do you have anything else, man? You you have done. I this has been great. This has been really good. So I'm glad you were able to come on and talk and put up with my baby for a, a little <laughs> over a half an hour here. No, this has been been absolutely awesome. I appreciate you you having me on and let me uh, banter back and forth. I don't have a lot of people that want to sit down and talk '90s music with me. <laughs> hey, and I'm serious. I would really love to do it again sometime if uh, if the right album comes up and you're still interested. Absolutely, and then uh, every time you guys are coming anywhere near cold water, I better be very early notified so oh. I can have the consider lined up. For sure, man. Hey, put a worm. I don't know if you know Mike at uh, at uh, McSobers, but uh, put a put a bug in his ear. I, I text him every now and then, but uh, all that I need all the help we can get to get out there again. I'll get you guys back out there. Cool. Sounds good, man. All right. All right. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks again. Take it easy. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah. Too. Bye. And that was Brad Niekamp from the Coldwater Community Picnic. He did a fantastic job coming on here. Really glad he could come on. We'll look forward to having him on again sometime for a different album down the road. I realize now that I neglected to mention at the start of the show where you can find us. Clearly, you have found us if you're listening to this. But we're on the social medias as well. Keep keep up with what the Wet Bandits are doing if you're in the Columbus area or you just like to keep up with that stuff. Uh, our website is wetbanditsband.com. Our handles for the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, those are Wet Bandits Band. That's where you can find us, at Wet Bandits Band. Great episode three. Looking forward to episode four next week. Hopefully we'll catch you then as well. Get wet. We'll see you next time.